Chapters 15 to 17 of the History of Philosophy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. History of Philosophy by William Turner. Chapter 15 The Skeptics. Sources. Pyro, the chief skeptic of this period, left no writings. Of the writings of his earlier followers, very few fragments have come down to us. We are obliged, therefore, to rely on secondary sources, such as Diogenes Laertius, Aristocles, quoted by Eusebius, and the later skeptics. The Stoics and Epicureans laid down certain theoretical principles from which they deduced canons of conduct, always keeping in view the practical aim of philosophy, to make men happy. The skeptics agreed with the Stoics and Epicureans in referring philosophy primarily to conduct and the pursuit of happiness, but instead of laying down theoretical principles, as the Stoics and Epicureans had done, they taught that the first step to happiness is to forego all theoretical inquiry and to disclaim all certainty of knowledge. The principal skeptics are 1. Pyro, 2. The Platonists of the Middle Academy, 3. Later Skeptics, including Inesidemus. Pyro, Life. Pyro of Elis was a contemporary of Aristotle. Very little is known about his life. It is probable that he died about the year 270 BC. Among his disciples, Timon of Phleas, surnamed the Stillographer, is best known. Timon composed satirical poems, Siloi, in which he attacked the dogmatists, following in this the example of his teacher who declared that Democritus alone deserved the name of philosopher, and that all the rest, Plato and Aristotle included, were mere sophists. Doctrines In accounting for pyroscepticism, it is safe to add to the influence which Democritus may have exercised on his mind the influence of the Megarian spirit of criticism which must have prevailed in Pyro's native city. All we know about the teaching of Pyro may be reduced to the following propositions. 1. In themselves, real things are neither beautiful nor ugly, neither large nor small. We have as little right to say that they are the one as we have to say that they are the other. Hence the famous Uden Malon. Real things are therefore inaccessible to human knowledge, and he is wise who, recognizing the futility of inquiry, abstains from judging. This attitude of mind was called epoxy aphasia. 3. From this withholding of judgment arises the state of imperturbability, ataraxia, in which human happiness consists. In this account of Pyrrhonism, no attempt has been made to separate the doctrines of Pyro from those of Timon. Pyro taught orally, and the fact of his having left no writings accounts for the freedom with which his writers attribute to him the principles and tenets of his followers. The Middle Academy Arcesilus and Carneades, departing from the tradition of the Platonic school, of which they were the official representatives, lent their aid to the skeptical movement by seeking to establish on rational and empirical grounds the thesis that it is impossible to arrive at certitude. The skepticism of the Middle Academy very quickly gave way before eclecticism. The Later Skeptics Under this title are included and Esidemus, and others who were, for the most part, physicians, and who from sensualistic premises deduced a system of skepticism, 
which was more radical than the idealistic skepticism or the probabilism of the academy inesidemus of Knossos in crete taught at alexandria about the beginning of the christian era according to ritter and preller he flourished between the years eighty and fifty b c diogenes alludes to the work of anisodemus in which by means of ten tropes tropoi he strove to show that contradictory predicates may be affirmed of one and the same subject and that consequently certain knowledge is impossible these tropes are a fairly complete enumeration of the arguments of the skeptics and furnish directly or indirectly material to more than one advocate of the relativity of knowledge in subsequent times according to sextus empiricus anesidemus objected the notion of cause to special analysis and pronounced it to be self-contradictory a cause he argued either precedes the effect or is synchronous with it or is subsequent to it now it cannot precede the effect if it did it would be a cause before it was a cause it cannot be synchronous with the effect for in that case cause and effect would be interchangeable there would be no reason why one rather than the other should be called the product finally the hypothesis that cause is subsequent to the effect is manifestly absurd in this way did anisodemus conclude sophistically that the notion of cause is utterly devoid of meaning anisodemus however did not regard skepticism as a system but only as an introduction a goge to a system of philosophy agrippa who lived about a century after anisodemus reduced the tropes to five and argued that knowledge is impossible because the major premise of the syllogism being itself a conclusion syllogistic reasoning is a regressus in infinitum sextus empiricus who is the most important of the later skeptics lived in alexandria about the year a d three hundred in his work against the mathematicians and in his treatise known as pyronic hypotyposis he subjects to critical examination the dogmatism not only of the great constructive systems of theoretical and practical philosophy but also of arithmetic and geometry he maintains that no science is certain or rather that the true skeptic should refrain from any absolute judgment whatever historical position the history of greek skepticism exhibits an interesting phase of the practical idea which dominated the philosophy of greece during the third period like the stoics and epicureans the skeptics were animated with the desire to find in philosophy a refuge from the disheartening conditions of the times in which they lived but unlike their dogmatizing contemporaries they believed that the first step towards securing happiness is the abdication of all claim to the attainment of scientific knowledge chapter sixteen the eclectics the eclecticism of this third period of history of greek philosophy is merely another aspect of the skepticism which resulted from the exhaustion of speculative thought the conflict of parties and schools led to the skeptic despair of attaining scientific knowledge the same cause led to the eclectic attempt at finding in a looser concept of system a common speculative basis on which to erect a philosophy of conduct eclecticism relinquished the task of constructing a speculative system in the stricter sense of the word and adopted what may be called a working hypothesis falling back on common consciousness or uncriticized immediate knowledge as the final test of philosophic truth 
the eclectic tendency penetrated all the schools everywhere dissolving the spirit of system which under schoolarchs of inferior ability had already begun to lose its primitive power of cohesion accordingly among the stoics and epicureans as well as among the followers of plato and aristotle we find all through the century and a half before christ as well as during the first three centuries of the christian era evidences of the eclectic spirit preparing the way for the more comprehensive syncretic efforts of the school of alexandria among the stoics the principal eclectics were boethus who borrowed from the peripatetic sources and panitius and posidonius the latter two belonged to the second century before christ and strove under the influence of platonic and aristotelian ideas to moderate the rigor of stoic morality later in the second century after christ demetrius and demonax exhibited a tendency to return to the ultra-stoic rigor of cynicism among the epicureans asclepiades of bithynia modified the teaching of his school by maintaining the indefinite divisibility of atoms the platonic academy shows the influence of the eclectic spirit in the teachings of philo of larissa and of antiochus of ascalon as well as eudorus of alexandria who was a contemporary of augustus mention has already been made of andronicus of rhodes alexander of aphrodisius and galen who were eclectics of the peripatetic school chapter seventeen the scientific movement as an inevitable result of the sceptical and eclectic tendencies of the age the natural and mathematical sciences gradually broke loose from philosophy they flourished especially in the greek islands of the mediterranean and in egypt because there they were free from the disheartening influences which at athens and elsewhere in hellas led to the dissolution of classical culture and classical philosophy in sicily where pythagorean tradition is still unbroken hicetus and archimedes taught as early as the third century before christ a system of astronomy which was far superior to the astronomical doctrines of plato and aristotle about the same time aristarchus of samos advanced the hypothesis that the earth moves round the sun this theory was stamped as impious by the stoics and rejected by ptolemy himself it did not succeed in supplanting the old conception until the dawn of modern times when its truth was demonstrated by copernicus kepler and galileo at alexandria there developed under the influence of the ptolemies a new phase of philosophic thought the study of which belongs to the history of greco-oriental philosophy side by side with this new philosophy there grew up a new science in which euclid about three hundred b c is the chief representative he wrote the elements of geometry and treatises on harmony in optics and catropics ptolemy claudius ptolemaeus who lived about the middle of the second century after christ belongs also to the alexandrian school of science his work the amalgus or megale sunataxis continued to be the authoritative source of astronomical learning until the time of copernicus end of chapters fifteen through seventeen